But there are a couple things that I want to hit because I think our listeners are, are going to really learn from it. One is when we're leading others, learn to lead difficult conversations. And I'm really curious. We can all use this. We're sitting down. Somebody has messed up or we've made a mistake or whatever. It is a difficult conversation. How do you go into a difficult conversation and lead it well? Yeah, I'm extremely passionate about this. I think way too many leaders abdicate this responsibility. You don't deserve to be in a leadership position if you're not willing to move outside of your own comfort zone and to summon the courage to discuss the undiscussables. You know, I, I, I've had some, you know, major messes in my leadership career. Nothing illegal or immoral. But, you know, I have, I have certainly forced some people to quit because of my style. And I wrote a book about it, right? It's quite horrifying. But, I, but I'm contrite and I'm, and I'm vulnerable enough to talk about one of my talents, Don, inevitably when someone, you know, reaches out to me on LinkedIn or passes me in the airport, what inevitably what they say to me is, Scott, you were the one person in my entire career that had the courage to talk to me about fill in the blank, right? Whatever it was. Because I think it is the biggest gift that any leader can give their employees. And it might be about their productivity, their collaboration skills. It might be about their personal hygiene. And some people laugh, but I've had conversations about people's personal hygiene. And I'm not delighted about talking about that. I didn't wake up one morning courageous. I practiced it. I got it wrong. I made mistakes. But here's a good example. And again, you have to have the mindset that you really care about that person to move outside of both of your comfort zones. I will say something like this. Hey, Drew, I want you to know that my intent is for you to have a great career here. And I have your back. I, I, I can see great opportunity here. It's a couple of things that are happening that are tripping you up. Now, I might not say this exactly right. I might not use the right words. So would you pre-forgive me on some of the words I'm going to use? I might ask for a do-over, but my intent is to help you. And by the way, what we discuss in here stays in here. I've noticed, Drew, that kind of like me, I think you might be breaking through your deodorant. Occasionally, you know, we build up a tolerance. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, but I mean, you get the point, right? I'm using that as a bit of an absurd, absurd example, but it's not so absurd. I mean, the, the alternative that almost all of us would do is to not say anything. And then that person's career gets hurt. And have other people gossip about it and talk about right. it and bring it to you. But you know what? I mean, just yesterday, one of my colleagues at a, at a business meeting at a restaurant, I came out of the restroom, and the two other significant outside partners were standing there, and I had forgotten to zip up my zipper. <laughs> and my colleague to me, a, a junior guy, said to me, very silently, Scott, zip up your zipper. And you know what? What a gift. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't embarrassed, but I mean, he saved me the embarrassment. You know what? Embarrassment. He had my best interest at heart. So back to the point is I think too often leaders pull the chicken switch. And no one wants to talk to people about their antiperspirant or about their dress or their punctuality or how they never take responsibility for their mistakes. But you owe it to the person. You owe it to your company to discuss those things because you could be that one transition figure in their career where before them, all their bosses were cowards. But you had the courage to sit down in a respectful way. And by the way, not every culture allows us, right? There are some cultures that are more litigious or that maybe they have a history where they were, you know, someone crossed the line with them. So you have to know your audience, right? Sometimes it might be best outsourced to HR. Nine times out of 10, close the door, sit them down, tell them that, you have their best interest in mind, that you see a great career for them, you might get it wrong, but you want to talk to them about a sensitive topic and then have a conversation. You know what? Don't sit across the table. Pull up your chair beside them. Make yourself an equal. 
We're just two people having a conversation. I'm sure once in a while my breath smells bad too. Thank goodness my wife tells me every three minutes it smells bad, so I, she gives me a mint. You know what? We're all just people, right? Yeah. I, I love that. You know, I, I was really convicted a couple of years ago. Well, I can't remember what thought leader it was who said, you know, the real conversation you need to have with somebody is the one that you're having about them with somebody else. And I, and I just realized, wow, I'm actually going to a friend or my wife and saying the thing because I'm too chicken to actually sit down with that person and say, hey, can we talk about something? What you just said is the most important part of this interview because the biggest cancer in every organization is the gossip. And, and we're kind of raised for it to be part of our normal conversation. But, but again, at Franklin Covey, we have this concept that is called being loyal to the absent. And that principled leaders, leaders who truly want to be the culture carrier of their organization, never speak about someone differently when they are physically present in front of them or when they are absent. Meaning you retain the trust of those who are present when you speak respectfully about those who are absent. Because if I know if you're going to trash Don, you're going to trash me as well, too. So leaders need to be the transition figure to never speak about or tolerate anybody else disparaging someone. And there's ways to do it without shaming someone, right? Someone can, in a meeting, say, yeah, you know what? Tina over in accounting, she just passes the buck, and she never actually does her work. And she all, you know, you know what? I would say, you know what? I'll bet Tina would be... I'd have her feelings hurt if she heard that. And I'm sure that isn't your intention. So I would advise you, if you found some issues where Tina could improve, go talk to her about it personally. And I'm gonna suspend judgment until I've seen the same in Tina. And if I ever do, I'll talk to her about it in front of her as well. You will eliminate the gossip on your team in that one minute. I love that. And nothing builds trust faster. It's true. And nothing and nothing destroys trust faster. I know someone in our own company, very competent person. And this person consistently speaks disparaging about other people. And it's kind of funny when it's about them, but it's not so funny when you realize I am sure they do the same thing about yeah. me. And when I was with this person yesterday, looking at them thinking, I can only imagine what it is you say about me when I'm not around. Mm. And that starts and it ends with the leader, leader of the call center, leader of accounting, or leader of the company.